I praise God for you and I praise you for your worship. And I want to continue now with a series of lessons, part two actually of last week's lesson, but it's kind of turned into a mini series in a larger series, but I'll just preach what the Lord gives us and he will help us together. I take you back to Ephesians chapter six, please. Chapter six, verse 10. I'll remind our brothers that on Monday evenings at 7, we have time for you to join in prayer with the other brothers if you're available at 7. Other things that are taking place in the life and ministry of our church, you're welcome to find in your bulletin and participate as you have opportunity. Verse 10, here the Apostle Paul speaks about the whole armor of God. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Would you stretch your hands in my direction and would you ask God to give me a fresh anointing and give you a fresh anointing also so that our time together will not just be time. Pray together with me. Father, I thank you for your boundless love. And although I've preached the first service, I come again and I need a fresh touch, Lord. I never preach so much and I'm never so articulate that I just need to go ahead. Oh God, I pray for all of us a fresh touch. Can I get an amen? This is a new day, God. This is a Sunday. Of course, this is June. Lord, this is the 10th of June. And here we are in the house of the Lord. And I pray, oh God, we'll never have this day again. So when the records go down in our lives, may it, may it reveal that we obeyed the Lord fully. And so God, give us revelation. Give us knowledge. Give us insight. And, and help us to have power and strength and victory over the world, the flesh and the devil. And to run this race called life and Christianity and finish well Christ's name amen amen thank you as you seated in the presence of God thank you Holy Spirit uh, I don't want to give a lot of time to uh, reintroducing this lesson as I did last week when I introduced it the first time except to tell you that this series of sermons called I never thought I'd see today and today I'm highlighting when Christians wouldn't take the enemy seriously so for the sake of uh, sort of bringing everything together as I move forward, let me say to you that the enemy is real. Amen. Very real. In the natural and in the spiritual, the enemy is very real. And uh, let me just pause. Ray, you and your son, it's a pleasure to see you here. Ray Glass. On last Thursday, we had the memorial service for his wife, who was 52 years old, who went to be with the Lord. And my brother, what they sang... You've known, but you'll know even more. Our God is real. So this is your church family. We love you and we bless you in the name of the Lord. You and Stephen and the whole family. 
There's another song that comes to my mind, Ray, and that is these words, heaven sounding sweeter all the time. The more you have invested over there by loved ones and families who preceded you, the sweeter heaven sounds. Just wanted to insert that deliberately. The devil is real and evil is real. In the spiritual and the natural. In the natural, we have to go through so much stuff at the airport because the enemy is real. You understand? And you, and you know what I'm saying? We have to go through detection devices. You have to remove your belt, your shoes. They open your stuff. You have to have only so much of liquids here and there because the enemy is real. There are terrorists who come to our shores from foreign land and then there are terrorists within our shores. And so we have to, because the enemy is real, we have police officers like we have here this morning. Like we have in church. Because the enemy is real, we have to have SRO personnel, uh, resource officers in our high schools and middle schools. Because the, the enemy is real. And because in, in, in even elementary school, uh, the children uh, face the danger of uh, being abducted. Or, we, or there's a danger of somebody wanting to outdo the Columbine incidents or murders and, and get publicity. The enemy is real. Can I get another amen? The, the enemy is covert. And he, he works in ways and situations that are very uh, sneaky and, and that are very cruel. And he, he works undercover and sabotage. And, and I went through a lot of this with you last week, how his devices are so numerous. And, and when I think about this being a real enemy, I, I want you to understand that whether or not you believe in a spirit world where darkness prevails doesn't elude the fact that there is a spiritual world of hosts of wickedness, the Bible calls, in heavenly places. And so, as I move on, I talked last week about knowing our enemy. Because I've come to understand, if you can know your enemy, if America can know her enemies, we will be better qualified and equipped to know how to defend ourselves. Amen? And if in this life, and you're serving God, and you realize that your enemy is the Satan, and you know that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you can know him when you see him, feel him, or around him, then you'll be better equipped to resist him in the name of the Lord. Last week I told you, in knowing your enemy, that Satan is the great deceiver. Amen? Last week I told you, knowing your enemy, that Satan is the great divider. This morning I want to pick up from where I left off and tell you, number three, that Satan is the great destroyer. And we describe him so that we can identify him. And when I say he's a great destroyer, I want to tell you that the Bible likens Satan to five different animals. These descriptions of Satan in, in the in the description of animals are used to identify his strategy and his tactics. I begin by telling you that the Bible calls Satan more than one time a serpent. We understand that in Genesis chapter 3, the first book of the Bible, the third chapter, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, being Eve, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden of Eden? In, in, in a way of his cunning as a serpent, he introduced sin to the first couple. In Revelations 12 and 9, the last book of the 66th book of the Bible, he is again referred to as a serpent. The Bible says here in Revelations 12 and 9, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. 
Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I take serpents seriously. I don't like any kind of snake. Dead snake, a live snake, plastic snake, rubber snake, picture snake, no kind of snake, okay? I, I don't even want to buy products that have snakes pictures on them or devil pictures on them. So you understand? I take it seriously, okay? Another way that the devil is described in the Bible is like a bird trying to devour God's harvest. On one occasion, Jesus spoke of his word, life-changing word, being sown as seed on the soil. What I'm doing this morning as a representative of the Lord is bringing you seed. And I'm putting it on the soil of your heart. But Jesus said sometimes the birds of the air in the natural farming process, that's why they have scarecrows. Hello? You know about them? And so it's an intention to keep the birds from coming to steal the seed. And Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 13 and 4, as he sowed, meaning the farmer, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. In verse 19 of Matthew 13, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, the devil, the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. And so, listen to me this morning, how a loss of the investment of our time we would have made if we just came here this morning and nothing sunk in. Nothing took root. Can I get an amen? I want some things to grow out of the Word today that will bless you this week. The Bible likens Satan to a wolf trying to defeat God's flock. Jesus, again, on another indication, showing of the work of Satan, talks about a true shepherd watching over his sheep that he owns, as opposed to a hireling who is hired by the shepherd when he's not there or unavailable to watch over the sheep. And Jesus said there's a difference between a hireling and a true shepherd as it relates to the protection of the sheep. We find that in John 10 and 12, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf, which is the devil, catches the sheep and scatters them. In Matthew 10 and 16, the Bible says, Behold, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be as wise as serpent and harmless as doves. Hear me when I tell you this. In God's picture of the church... He has allowed pastors to be shepherds, such as we had before you, and I am presently now. Pastors are shepherds. God calls us shepherds, and He calls the believers the sheep. Can I get an amen? And what the devil would like to do is come in as a wolf and divide us. We, there are black, there are whites, there are Indians, there are Hispanics, there are Asians. We are a wonderful church of diversity. And, and, and we are a wonderful church of various ethnicities and socioeconomic concerns and education. And, but our diversity, oh, I'm feeling preachy now. Our diversity should be our strengths. Can I get an amen? Our diversity shouldn't be a little click here and a little click there. Somebody promoted this and other and titles. Titles are important, but they're not to be worshipped. Can I get an Amen. But what the devil would like to come in and do is say, well, look at this, look at that. And he comes in like a wolf to defeat the flock of God. Be careful of him. He's not only described as a serpent and a bird and a wolf, but he's called a lion, which is perhaps the most common understanding we have when it comes to an animal likeness of the devil. And, and we understand in First Peter 5 and 8, the Bible says, be sober. 
Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A lion is very destructive. And you know all about a lion and what the jaws of a lion can do and the paws of a lion can do. I mean, he's not just called king of the jungle because he chases mice. It's a lion. And not only is the devil likened to a serpent, a bird, a wolf, a lion, but he's also, number five, a dragon trying to destroy God's son. I find that reference in the book of Revelations, chapter 12 and verse 9. The Bible says, so the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. You see, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, when God designed a plan to restore man to God, Satan designed a plan to destroy God's plan for our salvation. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden and gave in to Satan as a serpent and ate of the forbidden fruit and cast all humanity from then on into sin, we were going to die and go to hell because of sin. But because God so loved us, He said, I'm not going to leave my creation without hope. And so He sent His Son, Jesus. And you know all about that. The devil, from the day Jesus appeared on earth as a baby in a manger, began a plan to kill Jesus. You remember when Herod said, there will be no threat to my throne, since I know there's a Messiah being born, I'm going to kill all the male children two years and younger, trying to stop God's plan. Can I get an amen? You remember, oh, I feel a whoop glory, and I know you might be in your relaxed mode, but let me have a good time here. Uh, Let me tell you, you remember one time Jesus was teaching, and he was teaching the truth, but the people didn't want to hear the truth, so they tried to push him over a cliff to kill him, but Jesus just walked through the crowd like he walked through on the day after his resurrection when he appeared to the disciples because the devil was trying to kill him. You remember when Jesus went into the wilderness after being baptized by John the Baptist, his nephew in the river Jordan. After his baptism, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and nights fasting, no food, no water, praying for God to help him. Three times the devil showed up to tempt him and abort his mission. One time the devil took him to a high place on top of a pinnacle of a high mountain and told him to throw himself down and if he does, the angels are going to come Come and help him. But the devil was trying to kill him. And I'm telling you, even at Calvary, when Jesus was crucified and buried in the tomb, the devil had a party down in the, in, in the heart of hell saying, it's finished. He's dead. That was Friday. But Sunday was coming. On the third day, he burst the bonds of death, hell, and the grave. And ever since then and now, he is alive forevermore. Because no power of the devil is greater than the power of Jesus. Even when the last battle is fought in human history, which will be the battle of Armageddon, the battle of the ages, even when the devil, and even beyond that actually, there will be one more battle, the devil will try to kill Jesus. But the next time Jesus comes facing the devil, he will not come as a baby in a manger. He will not come as a, as a Jew in, in Jewish garments and unrecognized as a king. And next time he comes, he will come with the armies of heaven on a white standard. He will have a crown of righteousness, a robe of white, the sword in his hand, and his eyes as fire. And he will defeat the devil and all of his imps and cast him into the bottomless pit and hell forever. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. That's why you don't need to walk around here like you are beat up and wimped out. You got Jesus in you. 
I said, you got Jesus in you. My, my, my. Now, now let me tell you this. Satan is not a plaything of our imagination. I, I, I want you to understand that he doesn't take a half-hearted attack against you. He gives his full blow against you. You, you remember when God allowed Satan to test Job? You remember what Satan did to Job? He attacked him on every side and destroyed everything but his life. Because God says that's far enough. When, when, when Satan was allowed by God to test Job, because Satan said to God what he says about some of us. They're only serving you for the good times. They're only serving you for the money, the groceries, the car payment and the house payment, good health. You let something bad come in their life or they'll cuss you. And God says to, to, to Satan, that ain't Job. He's not in it just for the good time. Go ahead and try him. He de- Satan destroyed Job's livestock. He destroyed his family, his health, and his property. And then he wanted to get Job to be bitter against God. See, Satan will do all this stuff to you. And then he'll try to get you to blame God. Am I preaching here? Because his desire is for you to break your relationship with God and enter into a relationship with Him. Because once you reject God, you don't have to say, devil, come on. He's coming on, anyhow. And, and, and I'm telling you that Satan is not half-hearted about his attacks. And you shouldn't be half-hearted about your resistance. Let me, let me talk about his strategies here just a moment. There, there are several words that come to mind. I may not get to all of them, but this is a series and that we'll, do, we'll go as we, we can. Indifference is one of the most clever ploys that the devil uses against Christians and others. He tries to make us think he doesn't exist. What the devil would like to do in this politically correct America is to seduce us into believing that he's just a metaphor or a symbol, a harmless symbol of what's bad in the world. See, if the devil can get you to be indifferent to his power and his minions and his demons and his suicidal spirit and his demonic influence and his depression spirit and his bondage spirit, if he can get you indifferent towards that and you think he doesn't exist, then the need to resist him doesn't exist either. Can I get an amen here? And I fear to tell you I fear in telling you that this strategy seems to be working. Today, even many self-professed Christians fail to take seriously the Bible's teaching about Satan and spiritual warfare. Now, among other factors, there are two factors that enable Satan to remain under the radar, undetected. Number one, he's a spirit being. And a spirit being as he is, we cannot apprehend him with our physical senses. We cannot touch him or feel him or physically. I'd like to choke him a few times, but but you can't grab it. Oh, okay, here I go. And, And because we can't see him, people think there's nothing real to the spirit world. Let me tell you this. Whether or not you believe in a spirit world has nothing to do with the reality that it does exist. The Bible says in our text that there are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. 
There's a sphere called the earth sphere where you and I live. There's a sphere called the heavenly sphere where we know God and His angels uh, dwell. But there's a sphere between earth sphere and the heavenly sphere that's called the heavenly places where Satan is king and his imps and his demons. Don't take him lightly, even if he's a spirit being. Let, let me show you something else that, that makes people indifferent to the devil. He clothes himself in the images of this world that people perceive as good, noble, attractive, or uplifting. In other words, Satan will clothe himself in the arts, and in literature, and in entertainment, and education, and academics. Things that we all think is good. So, so, so let, me, let, me, let me see if, you can, if I can clarify. Can you imagine how many impressionable, impressionable students... How many have lost their faith under the influence of a learned college professor who in the class mocked the students about their faith in God and the idea of God? You would be amazed at what's going on in American universities and campuses as it relates to God. Uh, Buddha and Islam and Muhammad is getting more respect than the God of the Bible and the Jesus of the cross. Because some learned somebody... The devil has disguised himself. Let me, let me ask you this. How much indecency in America are we supposed to tolerate with our taxpayers' dollars being called art? I'm a preaching machine right now. Yeah. We are having this, somebody deciding for us what they're going to do with taxpayers. Thank God for art. There's a place for art. But there has been some obscenities. There has been some defamation of the Bible and the cross and the name of Christ under the name of art. That's how the devil can get us to be indifferent to his power. I, I might even say this. You know, you could look at enough television and movies and you can become so used to the four-letter words and nasty stuff until you can become indifferent to it. You know, I like certain movies. I like cowboy movies. I like mystery movies. I, I like certain movies. And, and sometimes I get into the plot. Next thing you know, man, there's a nasty cuss in every other word. I'm telling you, that it, it's not necessary. You can have a good movie and good entertainment. And, and you know what happens? Sometimes the movie's over and I wish I hadn't seen it. Not because the plot wasn't good and the theme wasn't good. But the only thing that stays in my mind when I lay down to go to bed or go the next day are some of the most uh, things that I didn't want at all in my mind. Let me tell you something. If you spent $4 for a movie and it starts coming in with all that trash, I mean, if you bring one home or you even go to one and all that trash and, and sensuality and sexuality and profanity and four-letter words keep cropping up, better you lose four bucks or eight bucks and keep your mind clean and your dreams clean and your family clean and don't be indifferent to the way the devil comes in under the guise of entertainment. You see, I, I want to tell you something. The Bible, Paul says... That there will be people coming into the church and into the world who call themselves prophets, but they're really not prophets. They're false prophets. And he says it in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 13. Look at the screen and I'll read it for you. For they are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore... It is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Did the terrorists who blew up our Twin Towers live among us for over a year or more and look like us? 
Didn't the terrorists act like they were one of us, went to our schools, went to our grocery stores, got protection from our government? Is anybody helping me preach here? And I'm telling you, we cannot be indifferent towards the work of the enemy. Here's what the Bible says about the influence of the devil in our world. In 1 John 5 and 19. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Even, look, look at our text again. It's on the screen. My brethren, Ephesians 6 and 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I deliberately underline the word against. In these verses, the word against is mentioned six times. Man, help me, man. Don't knock me down. But let me push against you. You push against me, but don't let me, you know... Come on, push. Just push like, like you're going to. But I'm not, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's do it. Y'all get the idea? Thank you. You get the idea? This is, you got, against means against. In the Greek, the word means against. This ain't no little lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You're in a warfare here, brothers and sisters. You're in a warfare for your marriage, for your family, for your mind, for your money, for your future. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Come up here. Sometimes we just come in here and say, here I am, preacher. I'll put ten cents in to entertain me. I ain't no entertainer. I'm here to stir you on and equip you. I don't care if you put ten cents, ten dollars, or ten thousand. you got a battle to fight yourself. But God will not leave you alone. Against. Look, look here. The wiles of the devil. That word wiles means clever plans. Hey, the devil didn't start being the devil when you were born. He's been in strategy and clever plans. The word wiles means crafty deceptions, cunning methods. Terrorists have been arrested for having explosives in their undergarments. Clever. Terrorists have been arrested for for, uh, the possibility of of, of infiltrating uh, our water system or or certain sending envelopes with certain supposed uh, in some cases real poison huh the, the devil the, the, the word principality said for we for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities powers rulers of darkness of this age spiritual hosts of wickedness in heaven let me tell you nothing's original with the devil he's a thief a counterfeit a liar that's a, he, anything good, he will copy it to mess it up. So when he fell out of heaven because he disobeyed God. You see, God has a hierarchy of power. It was before the devil fell. God has a hierarchy of power. He was in charge of everything, but he had a hierarchy of angels. And certain rankings of angelic power were given to certain angels. The devil was one of the highest ranking angels before he fell. His pride got in the way. He didn't want to be a ranking angel under God. He wanted to be God. So God cast him out. One third of the angels followed him. Just like God has a high ranking angel of of angels, hierarchy of angels that he releases to minister to you and I. Like Daniel was ministered to. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like Peter was in prison. The devil has powerful angels. They're like a a, a hierarchy of command. And we we can't afford to play with the devil because he plays for keeps. 
Okay, let, let me move with another word. The word is ignorance. Here's another strategy of Satan. You know, someone have said, and I've even said it too, but the more I've lived and the more life has uh, thrown its blows at me, the more I'm refraining from saying this phrase, ignorance is bliss. I've never met somebody ignorant who I thought was blessed. Y'all follow that? In my life experiences, and especially as it comes to fighting a real devil with real weapons and real demons and real powers, ignorance is not bliss. Can I get a witness from somebody? When I have come to discover as a pastor and as a father and as a husband, as a son, as a man, and I come to understand in the other hats that I wear and you wear, Satan's plans against our marriage, against our children, against our grandchildren, against our mind, against our money, against our future. Uh, when, I, when I come to realize that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I also come to understand that ignorance of Satan can be deadly. Did you hear me? I have a high degree of respect for electricity. You know, the, the wall, the current, the plug. I respect it. I trust no toddler of yours ever experiences electricity improperly. Because you know they're curious. and they, So you put these covers on the outlet because you have a respect for it. Huh? My respect for electricity borders on fear because I'm not accomplished in understanding the dynamics of electricity. What I know is I'm grateful every morning when I get up, I can use my electric shaver, unplug it, and I have more territory to cover than some of you. And I, Electricity can be your friend or your foe. It can power something as small as a cell phone or a shaver or something as massive as massive turbines that help generate electricity over these Hoover dams and other gen- power-producing plants. We know the airplane has to have jet fuel, but the airplane cannot fly without the conduance and the conducting of electricity either. See what I'm saying? So, so I, I have this high regard for electricity, so much so that I don't want to be ignorant of it. I, I even respect cordless electrical. We have water baptismal services, and our, uh, and our minister here, or, or our leader, I call you a minister, you, it's police department, your captain. Brian's been our sound engineer for before I got here. He will make sure that he tapes a microphone on the floor. This, I'm standing above the Baptist, baptistry right here. And, it's, and, and we project the baptism on the screen. But he'll put microphones taped to the floor. And I will never get in this pool and get so anointed that I'm going to touch that microphone. I don't even care if I got a cordless mic. I am. Listen, this didn't go off because it was burned off. It just, you know. I respect electricity. I do not want to be ignorant. Because what you don't know can harm you. I saw on the news this week, and I'm hurrying here. My Lord, where does the time go? Uh, I saw on the news where there was a graduation ceremony in a certain town at a high school that was taking place outdoors on the ball field. And up from nowhere, a cloud descended in their direction, coming towards the students. And uh, unfortunately, thank God, fortunately, the cloud was not tornadic in its power or destruction, but it was a lightning storm that produced a lot of lightning and a lot of power and a lot of noise and a lot of hail. But here's what happened. The news person said, that for no place else to run for cover from the lightning and the hail, the people ran under the metal bleaches. 
the worst place to go. Because lightning is magnetized to metal. What you do not know can hurt you. Stay away from drugs. Stay away from alcohol. Stay away from promiscuous sex. Stay away from pornography. Anybody help me, help me here? Stay away from fornication and adultery. Stay away from shacking up together outside of marriage. God doesn't bless that. What you do not know can hurt you. Well, it won't matter if you shoot it up one time or snort it up one time or drink it up one time. One time because the devil is a killing devil can destroy your life or ruin your future. Let me tell you something else about ignorance. Uh, this weekend, I heard that Dr. Creflo Dollar, the pastor of, of, a, of the World Changes Church, was arrested on the, on the charge of potential abuse of his child. I want to I say something here, okay? This is a parenthetical. Do not be quick to judge Pastor Creflo Dollar, okay? Do not be quick to call him a child abuser. All of you have been a child. All of you have been teenagers. And you've given somebody hell. Pardon the vernacular, but you understand it, okay? Alright? And, and I do believe, I do believe that sometimes, I know my mom and daddy, I know how I was, and I raised up kids, and sometimes you just want to shake the devil out of them. You know? Sometimes you just want to get them by the neck, and I'm not, I don't believe in child abuse. And I, but I'm not a calling my brother an abuser. I'm saying just be very careful how you label my brother because the news likes to pounce down on men of God. And now young people are told by their peers that they can have their parents arrested and take them to jail and get all that stuff. Be careful out of ignorance how you judge people. Let God take care of him and pray for him. I believe he's a man of God. And I want you, I'd like for you, I don't have anything up my sleeve or, or someplace else, but I'd like to know that if the devil comes after me, you won't scatter like sheep chased by wolves. I'd like to know that when, your, when life hits you hard, that the church won't abandon you if we know about it. I ought to get an amen here somewhere. We need one another. Don't let ignorance divide the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. <laughs> When he's finished with me, he's coming after you. So we just better guard one another. <laughs> Whoa, I feel it now. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. That's what the Bible says. Look what it says in the New Living Translation. So that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Infiltration. I may have to stop with this word. Infiltration. Ephesians 4.27. Give no place to the devil. Did somebody hear me? You know what the Bible says about sin? It says that when we willingly tolerate sin in our lives, we give a place to the devil. Did y'all hear me? Last week I cited these two verses. I'm going to say it again as I try to wrap this up in a few minutes. Now if you really help me, it will be a very short few minutes if you go to sleep on me. Proverbs 6 and 27 says this. Can a man, a man take fire in his bosom and not burn his clothes? Never. The, verse 28 says, Can a person walk on hot coals without their feet being seared? The answer is no. It happens every time. But we Christians, on occasions, will take fire, figuratively, in our bosom by not guarding our thought lives. Have you ever asked yourself, where did the thoughts come from? You've got to guard it. And if you can't figure out where it comes from, for God's sake, don't dwell on it. Somebody says you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but bless God, you can keep them from building a nest on your head. Yeah. 
Some people take fire in their bosom by the lifestyle choices they make. Some people take fire in their bosom by tenaciously clinging on to sins that while everybody else may not know, God knows. And it's like a cancer. It's like a cancer invading your body. Some people take fire in their bosom by, by dabbling in dark practices like the occult, astrology, witchcraft. I don't even know, maybe I know and I don't even know for sure what sign I'm born under. I think the only sign I was born under is helping Jesus. I don't know my astrological sign. I don't care. I don't get up in the morning and wonder if I should get out of bed based on my sign. I feel another hallelujah. I get up and say, I may not understand anything about what happened yesterday, but this is a brand new day. Most of the days of my life, and you too, I say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Infiltration. Well, see, there, a pastor in the country, of, the country of Haiti, which is one of the most impoverished nations in the world, a pastor in the country of Haiti, came up with an illustration to teach his congregation what infiltration by the devil means. And he told them this parable that he made up. A certain man wanted to sell his house in Haiti for $2,000. Another man wanted to buy the house very badly. He wanted to buy it. But because he was poor, he couldn't afford the full price of $2,000. After, after much bargaining, the owner agreed to sell the house for half the original price with just one stipulation. I'll sell you this house for half the price. But I'm going to retain ownership of one small nail protruding from just over the door of the house. After several years, the original owner wanted to buy the house back, but the new owner was not willing to sell it. So the original, the first owner, went out, found the carcass of a dead, rotting dog came and hung it on the nail of the house that he still owned. Left it there. Soon the house became so unlivable that the family was forced to sell the house to the owner of the nail. What's the point, Pastor? The point is this. If we leave the devil one small peg in our life, he will return to our life to hang his rotting garbage, making our lives so unfit with the rot of the devil that even God will move out. Did you all hear what I said? Our body is the temple of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We are the tabernacle of God. But if we allow one peg of sin, one peg of infiltration of the devil, God will say enough is enough and no more. If you don't take care of it, I'm moving out. My anointing is gone. My power is gone. My protection over you is gone. you got to make up your mind. Give no place to the devil. Somebody help me praise him. There's one more word I want to use. Put up the word intimidation. I have more than these, but it's time to close this sermon. Intimidation. Fear. You know, the devil's he's real. He must be resisted and he must not be taken lightly. But he ain't near as big as he tries to make you think he is. 
He is not near as powerful as he tries to make you think he is. Now, he's got more power than you and I, but not more than this God we serve. If you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're filled with the, with the love of God and you're living right, you've got more power to drive over the devil than the devil has power to overcome you. Did you hear what I said? The Bible says the God who is in us, 1 John 4 and 4, greater is the God who is in us than the devil all around us. The Bible said that God gives us power over all the powers of the enemy. But he'll try to intimidate you. And he'll try to make you think. You see, that's how the world controls one another. A boss man or a boss lady will try to control an employee because they sign their check and will intimidate them to get them to do what they want. Sometimes a husband will intimidate a wife or a whole family because he's physical and masculine and because he brings in the bread, so to speak. And by intimidation, paralyze a whole family, which is not God's plan. Can I get an amen here, by the way? Intimidation. The other day I was doing a morning walk and I enjoy walking when I can. And I was doing a morning walk in the area that I enjoy walking. Know the route, been there numerous times. Just moving right along. Certain part of the route of my walk, I was just having myself, you know, I worked up a sweat by now. And it's all pouring off my, I take me a little Kleenex or a little paper towel or something, you know, when I just wipe it, keep walking, man. And I, I, I do some praying when I walk too because, you know, just kind of keep my mind going. And the faster I walk, the more whoop glory comes. Man, I'm having me a little walk and all of a sudden from nowhere, I hear this loud barking. And I turn, and there is this dog popped out of the front yard, a very small front yard of a house. And it's a big dog. And, I, and by the time my eye caught it, and I'm so uh, surprised by it, it don't look this big. It looked this big. And I'm, oh, my Lord. And it started to watch me. And I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? This is a good time for the rapture to take place. Come, Jesus, come. Dog takes off after me. I'm thinking, you know, I used to like to watch Star Trek. You remember it said, Kirk to Enterprise, beam him up. It's a good time for me to be beamed up. I'm thinking, oh God, what? And with, with that thought, what do I do come to my head? The dog comes to the, a, a place in the yard by the edge of the yard and stops. Just stops. I'm thinking, wow, I'm only like maybe 10 feet away. And I'm thinking, Wow, he barks like crazy. But he's, I'm thinking, oh, there's an electric fence here. There's a, there's a wire buried under the ground. Or some kind of laser, laser, laser thing that kind of keeping, because if the dog gets near that electric fence, invisible fence, there's a, there's a collar he has on, and if he gets to, he get a whoop glory experience. And you, you, you know what's like when you find out intimidation is just intimidation and they can't come no further? You know how you get cocky? I'm standing there going, you want some of me? You want some of me? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Go on. I dare you. Now, if I were to step over that line, go over in his territory, I'd be dog dead meat. I'm telling you. That God. Shokototo. Hear me, somebody. God's got the devil on a leash. He will jerk his chain. You remember God said to, 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 to the devil, you can, you can touch Job's family. You can touch his health, but you ain't going to take his life. Somebody help me preach here. 
And, and I, want, I, don't, I don't know all the tests and all the trials. I don't know what you're going through right now. I'm just here to tell you that the devil can only come so far in your marriage. Just keep praying. The devil can only come so far in your mind. Just keep praying, loving, giving, and forgiving. The devil can only come so far with your children, with your job, with your finances. God has him on a leash and he will jerk him out. And one day our heel is going to bruise the serpent's head. And we are going to be more than conquerors. Rise up on your feet and give the Lord some thanks because you have power over the devil. Come on, come on, help me thank God. Let's jerk the devil around. Put the weapons up for me from the scripture. Oh, my mama. Yeah, yeah. This is all going to be over. I can't tell you all why you're going through. I can't tell you about when and how. I, I can't answer some of the questions that Ray Glass has. But I'll stand right beside him. And I'll help him fight out the devil in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen, somebody? Listen, God didn't create you to kill you. The devil wants to kill you. God's not your enemy. So you dream on and you live on and you plead the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? You take off any nail or any peg or anything in your life where, you, where the devil can hang his rotten garbage and say, my marriage, my family, my children, my mind belongs to the Lord. Bow your heads, bow your heads, bow your heads. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, reverentially. Now, nobody looking. I gotta, if I'm going to help you in this, the, the altar workers are praying and the intercessors and the staff, they head bowed and eyes closed. These moments are going to be life and death if we don't treat them with the seriousness of which God intends for us to treat. Pastor Matura, I have allowed a nail to hang over the door of my life where the devil's come and hang his junk and has infiltrated my life. I've let him, Pastor. I've, I've let the devil intimidate me, but I've let him intervene. I've let him make me indifferent and ignorant. I've acted ignorant when I should have acted smarter. And Pastor, today... I don't want the devil anywhere in my life, my present or my future. I understand he's real, but I understand God is more real and more powerful. And today I want to say, forgive me, God. I've got to go home and do some stuff. I've got to start today. I'm living in, in, in a way that God can't bless. And no wonder, Pastor, I always crash and burn. It's not God's fault. I crash and burn because of the decisions I make. And I want to make better decisions, beginning with Jesus right now. If that's you, head bowed and eyes closed, Pastor Matura, and I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. It's going to be between you and God right there in that chair. I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time, or I need to rededicate my life today to Jesus. I want to see your hand go up for just about 15 seconds. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Oh, my. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you know what? I may need more than 15 seconds. Keep it up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Well, I'll quit counting. Put them down. Maybe 25 or 30 hands. Put, just, just, just keep them down. Your head's bowed. Everybody in this church. Let me tell you. If he's not attacking you now, keep living. So I want you to pray prevention before you need intervention. Can I get an amen? Pastor, I'm okay. My health, my wife, my family, my mind. We're okay. Thank God. Keep praying prevention. Keep praying the blood. I want everybody to repeat after me out loud this prayer. Everybody, even if you're already saved, it encourages those who are praying the prayer and doesn't single them out. Everybody out loud, Lord Jesus, I confess, knowing what's right, I have often done what is wrong. And today, I confess, my problem is not others. 
towards me. And today, I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Wash away all my sins. Jesus, I am not making any room for the devil. Not a closet. Not a pantry. Not even a nail. I want you, Jesus, to move in to all of my life. I confess that I have been a sinner. Today, by faith, would you make me a saint? I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and now my Savior. Wash me and purge me. Thank you for another chance. I'm saved and I'm grateful. Amen. Put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my, my, my. There are the weapons. Go home and read about them if you would like. Use them this week. It's Ephesians. It's our text. Maybe I'll preach about them next time I have the occasion of, of revisiting this, this, this path we're on. Here's one more thing the Holy Spirit said. Do a little different than usual. I want you to be your brother's or your sister's keeper today. I really do. Okay? I want you to have your brother or your sister's back when the devil comes in against their marriage, their children, their mind, and their family. Can I get an amen? I want you. You see, here's what I understand. If I'm willing to be a giver, I'll also be able to receive. If I'm willing to say, God, if you choose to bless this man before you bless me or this man, you still bless him anyhow. My time will come. Okay? Might you, and not to make you uncomfortable, and I won't do it for too long, but take somebody by the hand right now. Take somebody on either side of you. And it may be your spouse, it may be a stranger, but I want you to be your brother or your sister's keeper. What blessing you want on your family, I want you to ask God to bless them. What blessing you want on your marriage, on your mind, on your job, on your finances, begin to pray for each other right now. Go ahead, right now. Oh, hallelujah. I bless you, Lord Jesus. I bless you, Lord Jesus. Come on. God, I, I want to keep myself pure, but I want you to keep my brother and sister pure. I want, you, I want you to bless my marriage, but I want you to bless theirs. I want you to heal my wife, but I want you to heal his. Heal somebody's husband, heal hers. Come on. Oh God, I want you to give a job to this person. I want you to give them a good income. I want you to keep them from pornography, from adultery, from fornication, from uh, sex outside of marriage. I want you to keep them, oh God, from uh, violence, anger, racial prejudice, sexual perversion. I, I want you to keep them from physical abuse. Come on. Mental abuse. I, I want you to bless these families and protect them. I, I want you to bless their children. I want you to fill us all with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want you to give us all a love for Jesus. A love for the Word of God. A love for the church. I want you to give us all a talent, a gift to be used of God. Now you release that hand and you raise up both of your hands and thank God for, for what He's doing. Lift up your hands and thank God for what He's doing. Come on. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Come on. I receive it. I receive it. Can I reach up and get it? I'm better. I'm healed. I'm not intimidated anymore. I, the devil is not going to jerk my chain. I don't have any chains. The devil is chained by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. One more time, praise Him.